What's up? This is Matt Dietz and this is None of My Business. This is the show where I get to sit down with smart, creative, and ambitious entrepreneurs who are in the middle of their story because there's no playbook for running your own business. So I wanted to sit down and talk with people who have done it and are doing it. And today on the show, I have my good friend, Caleb Randall, and he and his wife, Logan, own Guru Donuts. And they are just about finishing up their first year of ownership. So it's a really exciting time to talk to a business owner who's just gone through their first year. And we had a lot to talk about, you know. So Caleb uh, cut his teeth in the world of Dutch Bros, one of my favorite worlds. And uh, he worked with that company for a long time, learned a lot of really important stuff. They are masters of growing culture. And so we talked a lot about that and the skills he brought to Guru. Uh, We talked about what it was like buying, you know, a business. That's always something that's interesting to me, what his first year has been like, you know, some mistakes that they made, some things that are going well, what future plans are. They are doing such a great job. It's fun watching them do this. And it was fun talking to Caleb about it. So Caleb, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. And um, let's get on with it. All right. Well, I'm joined today with my friend, Caleb Randall, who is the owner of Guru Donuts. What's up, Caleb? Happy to be here, man. Thanks for coming. I've been wanting to get you on this for a long time, and I chased you really hard. So I'm sorry for <laughs> bothering you. It probably took five or six texts, but I was like, I got to get this story we, we down. Locked, we locked it in. We locked it in. It took here. a while. We did it. All right, man. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell me uh, where you're from. How long have you been in Idaho? Yeah. Let's just start simple there. Yeah. Originally from uh, California. Whole family was out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, I I was out there, man, all the way up until 2008, um, okay. uh, beginning of 2009. And then I, I moved out January of 2009 to Idaho. And uh, I like to call myself an Idahoan now. There you so go. it's been, Welcome you know, I think club. I put in, I, I put in the work. Does, you know. it, does it feel like it's been 15 years? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I finally hit. I, I, I've lived in Idaho longer than than California. There you now, go. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what co- what triggered the move up here? Yeah. Uh, Dutch Bros Coffee. Okay. Um, that was it. My my brother and uh, sister in law. Um, they they franchised out in uh, the Canyon County. They did. Um, in 2007. December of 2007. And so, um, I was already with the company at the time and, uh, well, you're a music guy. I can tell by your posters yeah. and you know, you're still rocking Vans shoes. You're just, it's you know, true. you got to keep it going. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we were in a band together, nice. believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I broke the band up for a year. I went, I was going to go to Southern California. And so I went to SoCal because it's SoCal, right? Yeah, like I'm an 18 you? year old and let's I'm like, go. let's do this thing. <laughs> so I lived in Southern California for about a year. Went How to was school. that? It was terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful area. Um, but uh, I decided, you know, it wasn't for me and uh, I didn't want to move home. And I already was with uh, a Dutch Bros company yeah. and uh, decided, you know, my brother gave me a call and he's like, bro, you can live with us. You have a job if you want to, you know, do something different and try it out. Let it be a season, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, I made the trek over here, um, uh, about a year after they opened and just, you know, slung, slung the bean (laughs) is what we call it. Slinging bean, um, making coffee, um, for, for everyone in Canyon County. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was... I know at one point in time, that stand was the highest grossing stand in the company for a yeah, minute, right? Yeah, we I, were, I mean, it was... When I was out there, we were doing like 800 bucks a day. Um, you know, we're trying to get people to take us seriously. Or yeah, even like running into give, traffic, yeah. like giving away coffee. And yeah, stuff. yeah, you've heard the story, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was a part of that part. and um, But yeah, I, I mean, we, you know built the built the thing up to to number one and then eventually uh opened up another one after about five years that turned into number two in the company and so um yeah it was a it was a fun ride man yeah. those are the good old days when i think about the good old days that was them man yeah so i remember them vividly um you were there yeah. i was there yeah, yeah. i insured that stand from day one so i'm just so proud of what they've done it's yeah. amazing and for you to be along for the ride and witness the hard work and the rewards and everything that comes with it mm-hmm you know, is going to, and is, has already paid some dividends for you, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So you were with Dutch Rose up until when, like you, you started out, you know, you know, as a, you know, serving coffee and things like that, yeah. but you worked your way, you won't, you went and worked for the company, right? Did yeah. you go, you went corporate on us, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> I got, I got scouted, um, by Travis Borsma, uh-huh. um, the founder. Um, he gave me a call one day and this was, 2017, uh, beginning of 2017, um, I was overseeing Andrew and Shana's locations, the Canyon County ones. At that time, I think there was five locations. Mm-hmm. Um, we were about to, I, I think we opened up a six. I can't remember exactly the timeline, but um, right when we were opening up either the fifth or the sixth location, um, yeah, I got, uh, the the company was, was heading in a direction where... Um, they wanted uh he, he was creating a, a a basically a position called the business coach yeah um and so um there, a bunch of different people have different variations of that depending on uh the company or if it's external or internal uh, yeah. but they were building out a, a a program basically that was an internal business coach program that helped um franchisees and company-owned operators is what they call them um how to be successful, um, basically financially, culturally and operationally. Yeah. And so I took that on, um, and helped them develop that, that kind of whole, that whole thing, um, with a handful of other people and, uh, yeah, kind of spearheaded what that could look like for the company and, um, uh, traveled around a lot and, uh, visited a lot of people, made a lot of good friends, had a great time. Um, what did it mean for you to get that call from Trav? Like, Hey, like he had a pick, he could pick from Travis. He knows a lot of people. Right. And so like, and I know, so what was it like for, for you to get that call to play that role, you know, in a company that you're already very proud of. Right. right? And and it's growing and the culture of that company is infectious. And like you play a role in that. Now you're going to play a role in continuing to spread that, you know, regionally and things like that. So what did it mean for you to, to get that call? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, flattering obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the first thing that came to my head is, wow, there's always someone watching what you're doing. Um, and, and you don't realize who that could be. And, uh, you don't know, you don't know if the work you're putting in every day and you being intentional with leadership development and, um, trying to innovate and actually be, um, Travis is, is one of those people that he, 
he admires people who are not okay with the status quo and are always willing to break something to make it better. Love it. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that I learned that from my brother and we, we, we kind of created that, uh, atmosphere, that culture, um, and trying to always push the company in a franchise. And then I think he was just like, well, I gotta, I, I gotta take one of these guys, yeah, you know, and yeah. he's not gonna, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, it felt, it felt good that, you know, someone, you just never know who's watching and who sees your moves. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it was really, it was really cool to be a part of it. I think there are two things that I'm taking from this one. The other thing I think I'm sure that you got from this was it gave you confidence, right. You know, to yeah. be, to be acknowledged and rewarded that way. And you know, given that confidence is something you can really bank and use moving forward. Like you're doing, you were doing something very right for, for a long time. And I'm sure your brother was telling you that and you could see it in the results, but you know, to have it come down from upon high, you know, be like, you're right. really doing a good job. Like you must've kind of puffed up a little bit. Right. Yeah, sure. You know, and the other thing too, is like you said it earlier, like you guys kind of, you know, beat to a rhythm of a different drum and do things differently and outside of the box. That's why I love your company so much. Um, cause I feel the same way in what I do. Like I'm in the insurance industry and it's kind of a drab, dull industry, but I try and do things. I don't want to be confined in a box, which right. is why I'm like sitting here podcasting with you right now, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so like, I really, uh, I, standing out and doing things differently is really important to me, you know? And so, and I've seen you guys do it for years. It's one of the reasons I'm so drawn to your company. So I'm, so I'm excited to hear how all that's going to translate to, you know, the next phase for you. So you bought Guru almost a year ago. Yep. Yeah. January of uh, 2023. So tell me about that transition. Like <clears throat> yeah. what was that? What were those conversations with, you know, with your wife, Logan, you just had a child recently, right? Yep. And um, you were enjoying what you were doing with Dutch. I know you were traveling a lot, but tell me, what was it like when you're like, let's buy a donut store, yeah, you know, yeah. like, let's, just, the- let's, let's send it. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think to go back, I mean, really that let me go way back. Actually. Yeah, let's go. Way so, back. um, <clears throat> I, uh, when I first started working for Dutch bros, it was a kick-ass job that I got to, you know, make coffee and, and learn how to, you know, navigate, different customer experiences and, and, and serve in a different way. And it was a great, um, atmosphere of positive energy. Right. Um, if anyone knows the company, it it is true internally in between the windows is what I like to call it is the real deal, you know? So, um, I, I remember watching Trav give a speech. Um, and this was probably in, I don't know, 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he just had captivated his audience and I just remember looking at him and watching him talk about, you know, personal development and, and driving, uh, being a driving force and a driving and a, and a force for good. And, uh, he, he, you know, he, he established his role as, you know, the person that's going to help lead that charge and he'll always be there leading that charge. And I, and I just like, I I just remember this moment looking around and seeing all these people and them just being like 
so captivated and being drawn. like, I'm like, it, it, like, you know, Braveheart, you know, right. up it, like, it was just like, people are going to battle for this guy. Yeah. And I was thinking I can learn a lot from this dude. Yeah. And, and what I want to do is I want to be someone like that one day. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I were to stick around in Dutch Bros for the rest of my life, no one's going to be that person except for him mm-hmm. or maybe someone else at some point. But, but I knew, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that I can to squeeze as much juice out of it to one. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but, um, it was a more of a personal thing. I want to have influence over people. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I, and I love, I loved business and all that jazz, but, um, I knew at some point there was going to be an exit. Um, if I wanted to be that person for someone else. Right. And, yeah. and so I found my way moving up into the company, being able to be that voice for a lot of people. But at some point I hit this, this, uh, this, I guess this moment where I said, okay, I think it's time to do it. Yeah. Like I, I think it's time to take that leap of faith. Um, and I, and I didn't think donuts were going to be that thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I think it could be anything. And, um, I think like, just like you, what you're saying with, uh, d- in insurance, that's just an opportunity for you to do this kind of stuff, right? Like yeah. it, it helps pay the bills and you have a, a, that's your way of, of helping people and all that stuff. But it's, it's almost like the conduit, right? And yeah. so, um, uh, I, as much as I love coffee and how much I need it in my life, it was never about the coffee. And so translating that to what's next, it's not going to be necessarily about the product. It's going to be about the service and what, what that means right, and, the, and the purpose behind it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just, um, to, I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question, no. but, um, yeah. No, I love it. I had a similar experience when I was just a young pop of an insurance agent. I sat and I watched a speaker give a speech, you know, about being an insurance agent. Um, and I was always, you know, I have a background in leadership and, uh, things like that. And I saw this guy talking about all these things that I hadn't learned yet, you know, in, in the industry, but he talked for like an hour and like, I would have run through a brick wall for that guy. Right. I didn't know who this guy was, yeah. but I was so pumped. And, and I remember looking at him thinking like, God, it'd be so great someday to be able to have that kind of influence over a group of people and to give back in that way and to, to energize a whole crowd and help them make their lives better and do things better. And I was like, God, I wonder if I'll ever, I wonder if I could ever do that. And like just a few years ago, I started um, a coaching company where I'm helping other agents do their thing and build their agencies. And it's so fulfilling and so exciting. And, um, and that's my way of giving back right now. And it's, it's, it's amazing. So so I understand what you mean. and, And I'm so stoked that you're, taking control and doing something about yeah. it. Cause a lot of people have that feeling, but don't act on it. You know, they get comfortable and complacent. Right. And I don't think that's kind of in your DNA. Well, I think contribution in life is, is a number one motivator for a lot of people. And so if you feel like you're not contributing in a way that you feel like you could be, then it's going to be really hard to feel fulfilled. So, you know, just like that, I mean, I, hopefully, I mean, you feel more fulfilled in life being able to contribute to other people in their journey, right? Oh, it's so fulfilling. Yeah. Like, it's like, I have an extra bounce in my step every time I get off the phone with an agent That's who's great. just lost, you know? And I'm like, and like, man, this is the best 20 minutes I've had in the last year. And I'm like, oh, and it just 
fills my cup, you know? Great, yeah. I'm not even making a whole lot of money doing it, but it's so <laughs> great, you know? So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, really the transition, it, it just ended up being one of those things where it was just time. And uh, I felt like I had, uh, you know, I had two objectives moving into be working for headquarters. Um, and uh, one of them was to, I guess, hold on to the culture that I fell in love with and that I knew was important um, and that, and uh, help help drive that and help help uh, scale the company with intention yeah and then on the other side of it it was you know I wanted to to learn and grow and surround myself with people who were gonna pour into me right. and help me be. A, a better leader helped me be a better uh, business owner yeah. at some point, and uh, I I sure as heck learned both of those things, yeah. which is great. So, awesome. so yeah, we it was either going to be open up a restaurant or open up a bar. I love I love myself a good cocktail. Sure. Um, so uh, it was going to be something like that, and then uh, yeah, the Guru Donuts popped up randomly in an email, um, and uh, I'm the kind of person that's like subscribing to you know like arthur barry it's like what's what's you know what's for sale right now yeah. and you know there's the non-disclosure so you don't really know what's going on what it is and i was reading it and i'm like that's kind of what i do already yeah. i wonder what it is it says specialty food or something you know, specialty service and so um you know i poke around and sign a non-disclosure just to see what it is and it's and take it's a look guru. under the hood here yeah. yeah it's guru and i'm like whoa <laughs> like this is a 10 year old business this is yeah. cool and so i uh, the next day, you know, I'm like making coffee in the morning and I mentioned it to my wife, Logan, and she's like, guru. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, so are we going to meet with them or I'm like, yeah. oh, this, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I guess past the first hurdle. Here there, we go. Right? Yeah. I guess, I guess this is something that we could do. Awesome. Well, so I'm curious then, like, what's it like buying a business? I've never bought a business. You know, I started this business from scratch and built it from scratch. And um, I've never really bought, you know, a business. Um, I bought some books of business internally and things like that where I've gotten policies. But that's different than buying a brick and mortar, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So I'm curious on what that process was like for you. What was it like buying a business? How do you come up with a price? Like, you know, what's, uh, yeah, who helped you? Um, what was, how long did it take? What was it all like? Yeah. Yeah. It was about, I think it was, you know, overall, it ended up being a couple of months of, of due diligence. Um, yeah. and I think there, you know, having an attorney was, was a game changer, being able to get through all the stuff that I, the, the legal jargon and just making sure that leases were correct and, and what I'm actually getting myself into. What is that liability? And then also, is this an accurate representation of the business, you right. know? And so, um, that was really helpful. Also, I mean, dude, having, having people that have built and started businesses, um, is a huge advantage. One thing that I didn't have was someone who has taken over, a business already, mm -hmm. um, that was pre-existing <clears throat> other than Dutch bros. I mean, I had no good, you know, resource 
as far as an actual purchase, um, other than people taking over different ownership and all that stuff yeah. changing. So you're going to change a little bit of things, but that's pretty dialed already. Yeah. And so I, uh, yeah, that was the one thing that was, was a, was a challenge there. And it took about a couple, it took a couple of months and, um, yeah. There you go. So you're handed the keys to this thing mm-hmm. on day one. What was it? What was your, what did you feel when you were like, <laughs> here we're in business well, now yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you what man like i the weirdest thing for me is i'm a i'm a i'm a relationship guy and so the hardest part for the transition and i would say was if i were to go back in time um i would have tried to figure out a way to get I guess get to know instead of just secret shopping and being a customer (laughs) at the business that I might be buying. Um, if it, if there would be any option to be able to talk with leadership, talk with what the, what, what leadership structure they did have and the employees. And, um, because day one to answer your question, you walk in and you shake a hand and go, Hey, I'm the new owner. I'm your new boss. And they had, one day to Um, know that this was in transition. So it was, it was, it was a lot. I mean, emotions were high and you know, as it was, I think, you know, it's hard for them to, to let go and it's, and it's hard for us to adopt what they've built. Um, we have ideas, we have aspirations and dreams and visions and of what it could be. And then also all in the middle of it, there are these leaders and there are these employees that you're like, Hey, I'm your new dad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, surprise, you're adopted. (laughs) Um, you know, it's never a good, yeah, it's not a good conversation. It's not, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. So there's a lot that comes with that. Right. So like, what was it like trying to, you know, assess what the current culture was like and then taking that, and then turning it into your vision. I mean, you had to get buy-in from your from your current people. Like, yeah. how do you get them? Was there any attrition? Were some of them like, screw this, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Right. Like, this is too much. Or was, or were people like, you know, oh, thank God, you know, we've got yeah. new leadership because like we need new leadership. You know, it, it can be any number of things based on you know, what the prior ownership was like and right. things like that. So, so were you a breath of fresh air, or were there some, were, were there some uh, you know, tendencies where employees were, you know, kind of freaked out or scared. What was it? Yeah, like? I think it was a mix of both. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, no one, everyone is going to come in with, with walls up, you know, not that there's no trust built yet. And so, um, there's going to be some people who have resistance and then, and then there's other that are going to give you the benefit of the doubt, um, over time or even right away if you're lucky. But, but yeah, I mean, the people that were, really bought into the business, the regional manager, the managers, the kitchen manager, all those guys. Um, they, uh, you know, obviously they're like, well, this is my thing. Like, this is your thing now and I'm going to have to share this, you mm-hmm. know? And so, so yeah, it, I think it can be hard. I think, um, yeah, what well, I can't remember what the question was. Just wondering what the transition was like, you know, for the employees, if, if it was hard for them. Uh, was is was your vision close to what yeah. was in place, or did you feel like we got some work to do here? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I think I think we had ideas of of what systems they had already. Um, we we did a weekly meeting with the previous owners um, all the way up until the closing date, mm-hmm. 
very, very beneficial. Um, and it gave us time to think and talk, you know, throughout the days and, and come up with a list of things just to be able to know, you know, as much as we could know. But uh, I do have to say, like, the number one thing you said buy-in, I mean, that's the one thing that you have to have because it's really hard to, you know, be a dog walker and walk walk a whole pack of dogs and they're trying to go the opposite way. Yeah, um, That's a really tough job. And so um, we were extremely blessed with an amazing management team um, that... You know, we started, we started out, you know, developing an actual relationship, Mm -hmm. personal and professional, um, which is, you know, the number one thing that I had to do. That was like the first six months going into it. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be work alongside these guys, establish trust, build friendships, and then we can start making some, some small changes or improvements, um, to the business as I see things pop up um didn't work that way um but that that was a great idea right how did it work um it 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 actually we had buy-in at the beginning because i think there was a lot of um there was a lot of needs that weren't being met at Mm -hmm. the time and so going in i realized okay well if i'm going to establish trust and if i'm going to get these people to you know dig what we're doing and 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 uh believe in in my vision of what it could be, I didn't want to overflow with like, Oh yeah, we're going to change the whole dang thing, you know? Um, but I realized that quickly, a lot of these ideas and a lot of these, these things that we wanted to change to improve, um, they were like all aboard. Like they were like, dude, yes, please, God, please let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. We've been asking for that for so long. And so for me, it was like, well, sweet, let's go. Like, yeah, this, this could be a really cool thing. So, so um, it ended up being um, to 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 draw closer and to gain that respect and and, and uh, the trust. It was actually the opposite. It was let's make some changes right off the bat um, so that they understand that we hear them. So give me an example of something that that they were kind of starving for that you showed up with. Yeah, I think um, being involved. Um, in general, just being there, being yeah. present and, and, uh, consistency. Um, Hey, if we're going to have a, a if we're going to have a manager meeting or if we're going to have a shop meeting, um, let's schedule it and let's, let's put it on repeat, you know, um, get some structure. And, yeah. Get some structure. I think, um, they, uh, they, they needed that. And then I think there was some, some understaffed spots in the kitchen and, you know, people were, you know, one thing that I believe in that is really, really important is proper delegation. And Absolutely. there was no delegation um, in a couple of different areas. There's people working, there's, you know, one person working 80 hours and not letting people help them out. And then they're like getting burnt out yeah. and like, this isn't scalable. This wow. doesn't, this doesn't last. And uh, I think putting the right people in the right seats. And so a lot of times we're, we as business owners are prone to putting the hardest worker in a elevated uh, role. And I'm going to say that nine out of 10 times, it's not the right decision unless you have the right person that works really, really hard as well, Mm -hmm. which dude, that's amazing. Those people are out there. Yeah. Um, I hope you have them, but 
I think prioritizing specific, um, you know, traits, character traits, and making sure that those people are leading and you help support them, lead those people. If they're natural, um, if they, if they, you know, hold, hold those traits, I I think it's, 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 it's better to have that. And then you have those hard workers and those people you delegate to those guys and they get pumped because they have, you're giving them the opportunity to work and and prove themselves. And then, and then you have the person that is understanding and, you know, knows, knows the business in and out on top of that. And they have the support they need. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so important to give them a feeling of worth and value and, you know, um, and for for them to feel that you're grateful for them being there and doing the work that they're doing. All of that will create, you know, great employees, you know, people that want to show up every day, people that won't show up late or bitch and moan when they're, you know, doing their job and things like that. And so it's, you know, culture and having people want to go to work is something that I've worked really hard at in my business for years. I tell this story and I think it's important. I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car before I worked here and I worked in different locations. I worked in one location and we had the best time. Like we worked, we, we put up the best numbers in the state, you know, with, with how we were measured. We worked 50 hours a week. The job sucked. We were washing cars in our suits and ties in July and in, in, and in January. I mean, it was, it was a shitty job, you know? Yeah. Um, but we had the best, we had just a crew of three of us and we had the best time. Yeah. I got transferred to another branch and it was full of people who kind of had one foot out the door you know, and, um, didn't care and didn't care about their numbers or our customers and things like that. And it was, um, it was, it was horrible. Like I didn't like working there and, um, but it was the same job, Caleb, right? It was the same job. And like, I didn't realize it until later when I was doing other things, I was like, you know what? That's why culture is so important. You know, you have people that are, they're giving you your best because they love going to work, even in a terrible job or one that's, um, and it's because of the people, it's because of the praise, it's because of the feeling of worth and the attaboys and the good jobs and all that stuff. It's so important. And so I really have worked hard to infuse that in my business as you're, you know, doing with yours. So it's so important. Yeah. What are some surprises that showed up for you in your first year where you kind of got blindsided and you were like, wow, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with this or, oh my God, I've totally <laughs> forgot about that. You know, <laughs> there's some, I'm sure there's a few that have showed up for yeah, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let me tell you, um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to stick with two. Um, yeah. One, I dude, like a donut shop, right? Like, I've done it. We're donuts, coffee. We have some breakfast items. Um, and, uh, I remember, you know, assessing the business and looking at like, okay, so we open up at 7am close at four, like every evening off, right? This is a, this is a home run. It's like working part time run. (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I mean, bakers come in at midnight. You have five, six, seven people working graveyard shifts, and uh, that's when you get the calls, apparently. So uh, <laughs> that's right. that's, that's when, when your beeper goes off. That's right? when it hits the fan, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so you know, <laughs> understanding like okay, it's it. 
the, it doesn't sleep. You know, yeah. this, this business doesn't sleep. And so that was a surprise and all my fault, dude. Like this was a part of the due diligence, like looking at, you know, I didn't look at time cards. I didn't think about that. I'm like, well, yeah, who's wait working a at second. 2 a.m.? Yeah, right? <laughs> holy cow. Um, so yeah, that was a part of it. Um, the other part that was like, I remember talking with my wife and we're, we're going, okay, so we, this is in the bag. Like I feel super prepared. Like I feel like all my past experiences and what I've focused on, what I've done, like I am going in this so confident, fully loaded, super confident. And, uh, I remember saying as long as the kitchen manager doesn't quit, because I don't know how to make donuts. Right. <laughs> I can do everything else, <laughs> but I don't know how to make our product. Um, and so uh, day one, oh, no. kitchen manager quits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. First real challenge test. accepted. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, no. And so, uh, so that was the biggest, that was a big surprise, day one. Um, and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, someone working really hard, burnout, all that stuff. I think he was just ready to, you know, he's like, dude, I'm about to, I'm not, I'm not ready for another, another chapter or another challenge. Like he didn't have the wind in his sails to get through something like that. He couldn't even give you and like so a couple weeks, huh? He gave, well, he, so he said he gave me a month. All right. And, uh, he said, you know, like, you know, all, all, you know, to help, help you help train someone up i recommend this person blah 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 and i'm like okay okay and so i remember um i basically inserted myself and said okay well trial by fire brother like yeah, let's, go. let's go and so i uh i i can't thank the lord enough for that experience um because it helped me insert myself in a way that was uncomfortable and i was i was you know, I was frying and flipping donuts at 1 a.m. Yeah. And I was the fryer and I had to learn how to bake. And then I was doing, I was glazing and doing deliveries and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, well, I was hoping that I could delegate that. And I had to learn it right off the bat, yeah. like day one. And so um, it, it put kind of a fire under me to um, optimize a lot of the the workflow and and ordering processes and all that stuff um that's one thing that i i helped develop for dutch bros is like uh, an actual order process and making sure like automated and making it all legit um so it's a lot of less guessing work sure. um trying to hit a par versus a burn rate and all the blah 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 well so i'm like okay like if i'm gonna be doing this I'm going to make this thing let's, way easier. Yeah. On me. Let's set this up. And right. So, uh, so yeah, give me, you know, gave me two weeks about maybe a week. He pulls me aside and he's like, Hey, I was wondering if I could, if you'd be cool if I stayed. And I was like, Oh, okay. No way. Um, well, let me talk with, you know, let me talk with Logan and, um, cause she was more front of house stuff. She was making sure that we had a, um, uh, operational manual and all this stuff. And, um, she was working with the two managers at the time, or there was one manager running three locations, which is crazy, but, um, working the front of house stuff, coffee stuff. And I was like kitchen guy at that time. It was just like, boom, 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 yeah. you know? So I'm like, yeah, let me, let me, let me chat with her. And this is, you know, not to throw anyone under the bus, but, um, this is one of the people that shouldn't have been in a leadership role, mm. hard worker promoted because, you know, he would work, he would work his tail off, um, but didn't get along with the people, 
there was constant, I, I kept getting feedback from multiple people um, saying that it, it not healthy, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know rants and toxic, yeah. toxic work environment. Um, and so I basically said, dude, it's not worth it. Um, I, I met up with him a day or two after and I said, basically, Hey man, I'd love to have you, um, as a baker if you want to stick in the kitchen, but, uh, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to manage the kitchen for right now and I'm going to, uh, help optimize what we're doing. And, um, I just feel like this isn't the right role for you, but I would love to have you still if you want. And, you know, it was a, I knew it was the right decision when he said, yeah, I don't want to work with these guys. I'm like, okay, you 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 wanted them to work for you. And so, um, he promptly left, uh, that day. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's so, so it's so interesting. I know that these experiences, you know, once you kind of absorb what's happening in the moment, you're like, hey, well, he's gone for good now. Uh, the business doesn't stop. Right. You know, um, we still have to keep going. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it, it reminds you that like, Everything goes through you, right? You know, everything goes through you. Everything that happens in that business ultimately will feedback and be, you know, your win or your loss or right. your fault. And I think the sooner that we recognize that as business owners, um, the better, you know, because you're like, well, it's all on me. Right. Like it's so important to take that ownership because as an employee, you can always blame someone else for sure. something, you yeah. know, it's a totally different mindset to be running your own ship because everything's on you. And I remember the moment that happened to me and it was both terrifying and freeing. Like at the same time, I was like, Oh man, everything is on me. And then I was like, yes, yeah, everything's on me. You know? So I uh, trust myself. Yeah, yeah. It was empowering and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, it's a heavy so load. It was, um, but you know, it, it's important. Like, I think every business owner has to have that moment mm-hmm. where there's no one else to blame. Yeah. You know, as long as no one gets hurt or killed or something like that, it's fine. Right. So, you know, people will get, lose their jobs or maybe you take a hit, you know, cause you made a bad investment or you made a bad business decision and stuff like that. As long as you don't go out of business or someone gets hurt, like then who really cares? Right. right. Let's keep going. Um, so, you know, what's your first year been like? I mean, you had a location at Boise State. Like, you don't have that location anymore. Yeah. You know, what triggered that, uh, you know, exodus? Yeah, so um, one of the things, um, so so just a little um, background. So basically, on a campus, I would say 100% of the time, I don't know, um, but you're subcontracted out. So there's, there's someone who, um, just like, uh, at an airport, there's a, mm. there's a company, you know, you, you might go to McDonald's or Subway, you print it out and it says like something on the back of the receipt. That's the company that actually All right. basically owns that whole. So you couldn't control your hire. So we couldn't control, we, well, we could control that. And it's different depending on the company and where you're at. But B, so BSU, Boise State University, we, um, yeah, so one of our locations was subcontracted um, by a, by a company, they, they basically have the, the whole entire, uh, campus and they fill their spots, subcontract out to different businesses and they run your POS and, um, you basically for your rent, um, how it was for us is, is we paid a percentage of sales, Mm. um, 
and uh, there comes challenges to that. And it, it, you know, when you when you put it that way, you're like, that's pretty clean, right? Like whatever. Um, but it was really hard because it didn't. You know, a big part of it is a cohesive culture, a cohesive look for a brand, a brand image, and making sure that we're operating at the same level at all of our locations. And that was a really big challenge there because it didn't look like the other shops, um, especially after we did a rebrand, re remodeling. Um, we couldn't hold the same products because if we had something in the can, it had to be a Coca-Cola product. So yeah. then it was interesting there. And then the actual customer itself, obviously, is going to be different, right? So it's all college students. And so we actually sold a ton of like this like off-brand energy drink that I didn't really care for. Apparently it was great there. And then we had these like okay food items when we when we took over that um i'm a i'm a food guy love food and uh it was definitely not something that i would write home about but it you know it kept someone like a you know a, an 18 19 year old kid you know studying and a full belly so yeah. so the, they went through actually like our you know um we're go, we go through about 70 percent donuts 30 percent everything else mm-hmm so that's coffee, food, um, merch, all that. Well, there it was actually flip-flopped. Um, it was 30% donut and then no. 70% food and beverage, which, you know, at the end of the day, like money's money. Right. But, yeah. but really it was, it was tough because, um, it wasn't who we were as a company. It wasn't a good representation of who we were. I didn't like our product and, uh, it was a, ca it's a cashless campus, which I, I love the, how that makes things safe for the students um and theft and all that stuff but um no tips um the <laughs> the point of sale the point of sale even digital like uh, if you want to tip on your card the point of sale that they use didn't allow it so i mean it was tough because people that worked at the downtown downtown shop were making much more money because they get a great amount of tips yeah. versus someone on campus they're like i just i mean it's nothing nothing it, you know it's it's hard to you know, keep that around. So, and it's seasonal. So it, it goes by the academic school year. So there's a challenge there, you know, like how do you have a manager there? Do you not have a manager there? Because it's, it's seasonally open yeah. and that's not a, you know, a viable, uh, job there. So, so it was tough. Um, and, uh, we just decided to say, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, open up a different location. We had one in the, one of the chamber. And so we're like, okay, so let's, Let's think about, you know, operationally, do we want to be running around these three locations or do we want to hyper-focus and launch this new one, rebrand, make it look exactly how we want from fresh? And uh, we just decided to, to pull the plug and, and there's a bunch of people chomping at the bit to be in that spot. So, you know, it's great. It wasn't, nice. it wasn't a hard thing for them to fill it and it was all, it was all good. Nothing but, nothing but love for BSU. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just, we're just, uh, on the way to another one now. Yeah. Well, you're opening one in Nampa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Caleb, talk to me about like what your true vision is for this company. Like we know, like, I, you know, service is important to you giving back and that's going to be, I know the core of what you're doing and you're going to do it through donuts. So tell me like, what is your true vision? Like, you know, you know, future trip with me for a minute and look a few years down the road and take a look at your little donut empire and tell me what you see. Yeah. Um, 
it's in the process. It, I think it changes every day almost like what this could be, what I want it to be, what we have in store, what we have short term, long term. Um, I'm the kind of guy that, um, I'm a naturally, I, I'm a dreamer, I'm a visionary. And so things get big quickly and then it's, you know, and then you, you, you pivot and then, so I think there could be a couple options. I think, you know, do we want to go one route where it's like, you know, high end, uh, local, keep it legit. Like where it's like, we hang our hat on, on the, you know, Boise, Nampa, this Valley, you know, Mm -hmm. or do we go, well, let's, you know, let's, let's scale this thing. Cause it has legs. I think it's really a, a, an amazing company. And so, um, yeah, I think short term, like, um, we're gonna, we're gonna build out the company and, uh, make it, make it, I guess, run itself really well so that we can, um, potentially rinse and repeat. And, uh, as long as you have the right person in the right seat, like I said before, um, who has done something in the past or has done something similar. If I, if I have a package that, that we can hand over, there's no reason we can't go into Salt Lake city or, uh, and kind of branch out and go in yeah. different areas, different markets. Um, and, uh, that's what I did. I was able to, you know, help, help move the company into different States, um, with Dutch bros. And so, um, thankfully I've had a little experience there. And so, I think it could look like that, um, whether it's a franchise model or a company on the model. Yeah, awesome. All right, so last couple of questions. Um, you know, COVID happened three years ago now. Um, there's been inflation. The employment uh, has been a challenge for all small businesses. So I wanted to talk about, like, you know, what's it been like for you, you know, hiring and finding people for your stores like what are you doing to attract talent how are you taking care of them and then i guess the last thing is like you know the culture that you're building like what are you doing to keep your people coming in and being happy like that's the employee yeah yeah you know so like what's it been like hiring people for you i know we talked seven eight months ago and you guys were like we're having a really hard time finding someone um but uh that's that's not uncommon, you know, employ unemployment's really low right now. The, the whole, you know, working people want to work from home. People want to be more flexible. You know, you're a brick and mortar. It's kind of an old school thing. Like what are you doing to attract people and keep them? And then, you know, what kind of things are you doing, you know, to make them really happy and, and building culture at work? Yeah. Um, man, I think this is the, it's the most important thing is hiring well and firing well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not saying turn your people over if they're not doing the right thing, you should have grace with people and, but, but don't keep a cancerous person in your industry or in your, in your, sh- uh, whatever you do, it's going to make it so much worse on the good people. Um, and so, uh, I just, you know, donkeys don't like hanging out with stallions and so um and stallions don't like hanging out with donkeys so like if a donkey's he on around like those stallions are gonna leave dude it's not it's not the place for them that's an important point i just want to lean on that for a second because you know if you let somebody stick around who's underperforming or who is negative and you let them stay as the owner yeah like you're empowering that individual 
to continue to do that, you know, without any repercussions. Yeah. And the tolerating people, it. Yeah. Dude. And the people that are working that are doing a good job see that you're okay with that person yep. acting that way and they lose respect for you. 100%. And they're like, you're going to let them get away with that? Yeah. Like, you know, being a parent is similar. You know, it's like, this is like parenting a, you know, kid sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with employees, not to take anything away, but, but I'm a parent and I've had employees, so I, I can draw that comparison. Um, so yeah, I just, I agree with what you're saying, you know, letting people go. The other thing is I think a lot of people fear letting people go because they think their business will crumble around it mm-hmm. because they're letting a person go who yeah. might be important to that business. And I would tell, I tell agents all the time, like, don't be afraid to let this person go that's been there for 10 years yeah. and is doing a terrible job. I promise your business will survive it. Dude, you know? right? And yeah. I was talking to my brother um, about this and uh, talking about, you know, turnover when you don't want it. And, you know, th- there's one thing of, of pulling a weed out of a garden, you know, if you put it into perspective like that. And then there's another thing when you have a thriving tree that decides to pick up and take off, um, that's, that's hard, right? Yeah. And, and it's hard for you because you've developed a relationship. You poured a lot of time and energy in developing that person in that role. And uh, sometimes that role was developed for that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that, that I'm saying now that my brother helped me say is, when something like that happens, a key player rolls. You got to mentality wise, you got to say good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I think it's David Goggins who says this, but good. Like challenge accepted right. is really what it means. It's like, it's not, obviously it sucks. Right. But yeah. like, good. Yeah. Like, here we go. Another, another it's thing for me to, to figure out, to get better, to get stronger. How yeah. do we grow from here? So, yeah. I think the other thing too is like a lot of businesses when they finally release their first toxic employee, when they finally get up the, you know, the stones to let them go and the immediate impact that that has on that business and the people that are sticking around and that business owner is such relief. You know, you're like, you're like Oh my God, they're not here anymore. Yeah. And even though we might have to pick up the slack and do a little bit more than this, we don't have to deal with all of that anymore. And there's such a release and there's everybody is just happier you know they're like oh my god thank god you know they're not here anymore now we can go on and continue now we can enjoy what we're doing here without having to worry about all of whatever came with that package you know and once that happens and you have that feeling as a business owner you are much quicker to let someone like that go in the future yeah i think not to get too far off subject but i think as a business owner um you oftentimes, you really, you're trying to be a friend to everyone. You want to be everyone's buddy. Dude. Sure. You want them to like you, you, you know, and whether that's good or bad, I think, I think it's good. You know, your intentions are good. Um, but there's a difference between a friend and a mentor. And as business owners, we need to be that mentor. A mentor is a friend, but a mentor holds you accountable. Right. And if we're just a buddy and if we're just a friend, and we're just trying to, you know, make it light and airy and, oh, dude, everything's good. Slapping high fives, dude. Like, you're not going to help people grow up and grow out of behavior and, and actually challenge people to be the best version of themselves. Right. And so if we, if we want to be a good business owner, we have to be a mentor. And sometimes it comes with a 
a conversation that's not comfortable. Absolutely. And those conversations get easier the more you have them. Yeah. And yeah. you'll have them sooner. Yeah. And you'll be you'll get better at that. Well, and one thing, this is something that I actually struggled with in the past. Um, it was really hard for me because I, I wanted everyone to, to like sure. me. And, and, you know, I knew that I would, I, I can do the managerial tasks fine, but I had a really hard time holding my friends accountable. I was younger than the people that were working for me at yeah. one point, And like, they're my homies. And I'm like, okay, so like, how do I navigate this? And really there was a turning point when I realized that if I tolerate this, like kind of what you were saying, I'm actually making it worse for everyone else. Yeah. So one, I have to make sure I'm going to take care of everyone on the team by, by ha- having this conversation. That's tough for me. And it's okay if I say, this is, this is not a conversation I want to have either, Absolutely. man. This is super awkward. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be real. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then also for that person, I think it's important for us to make sure, you know, as a leader, we're, we're pushing people and challenging people, like I said before, to be better. And so as, as individuals, as employees, as, you know, whatever. Um, and if you're going to just let them keep being a cesspool of negativity or whatever it is, um, you're not helping anyone. No. Yeah. I think I, I, I agree with what you said earlier. Like I want everyone to be my friend. Of course. You know, what I've learned is, and what you've learned too, is that people won't work hard for you because they're your friend, you know, not everyone's going to work hard for you because they're your friend, you know, they kind of might want you to help you get away with stuff. Sure. Uh, He won't care. He's my buddy, you know, and stuff like that. So you do, you have to mix this like friendly, you know, portrayal of yourself with the, with measurable expectations. Mm -hmm. Like these, this is what's expected from you. Like we will be friends as long as you hit these and then if you don't then there are consequences you know again it's like parenting you know it's like hey make good choices or else there are consequences to your action you know it's one of my family models make good choices like we've had it we say it every week in our house and it's been a good one so that's like that yeah all right buddy um well you guys are i'm so stoked for you guys i'm proud of what you're doing there um this first year, like you did it, you got through your first year, we, right? Yeah, we're here. We got like two weeks left, so don't say it too. Quick. Yeah. Well, you're almost <laughs> through your first year, you know, and, uh, yeah. you guys have plans for something exciting coming, you know, next year, you know, you've regulated some things, you've learned some really good, hard lessons. Uh, you came in with a, just a ton of really invaluable experience working at Dutch bros and, uh, you know, you're taking care of your people. So, yeah. um, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm rooting for you guys and uh, I'm excited to see what happens with you guys in the future. Yeah. Thanks man. And I think, I think to circle back around too, like we're, we're stoked doing what we're doing. This is, it's been such a challenge. It's been such a, an experience. We we're, we've been having a blast and we've been having some tears. Like it's been, it's been up and down, man. But um, to go back to the, 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 the question before, I think, retaining people if i were to say one word of advice is let that be the one thing that you that you hang your hat on is making sure that you hire the right people and you get the right people on and you take care of them um it took it takes a while yeah especially i mean it's one thing if you can hire on a whole new a whole new team from the get-go but ter- like 
we adopted a family that, you know, is, is functioning in, in a lot of great ways and then not in other ways. And so how do you establish that? And so I think, you know, what we decided to do that, I think if I were to do it again, I would do it again and again and again was pay people more. Yeah. And, um, know that if it, I, I mean, that was the one thing is we immediately gave raises to all the leadership and we couldn't afford it. We gave raises to all of the employees. We couldn't afford it. And I knew it was going to, I'm playing the long game. So play the long game, knowing that if we weren't, if we wouldn't have done this, it would have been, it would have been turnover and turnover and turnover. And I would still be, you know, frying donuts every day. But I would say that, uh, that was the number one thing that we had to do to get to this point to a year later, knowing that, you know, not everything's perfect, but I get, I love the crew. They've stuck around and they're stoked on what they're doing and they feel taken care of, man. And so if you, I mean, at the end of the day, what's the number one motivator it's going to be money, dude. Like, I mean, as much as a fun party and as, as much as, you know, the relationship and all that stuff at the end of the day, we all have to have, we all have to have a paycheck. And so speak the language and, and, and double down on that and people will stick around. Um, as long as you take care of them on the back end, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. I think I've uh, squeezed as much as I can out of you today. So <laughs> I appreciate you coming in and telling your story. You guys are killing it. And it's always good to see you and say hi to Logan. And um, like I said, we're, uh, we're excited to see what you guys can pull off next year. And let us know how we can help. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, brother. Take care. All right, there you go. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that story with me many people are going to benefit from what you have been through in your first year and what you're bringing to your business. And, uh, yeah, we're all rooting for you moving forward. So my name is Matt. This is none of my business. You can find me all over the place. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Deets agency. And, uh, you can also go to deetsagency.com. That is our show for today. Keep up the good work.